Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello, good afternoon. Welcome to Redman News. It is Monday the 19th of October. I am Ross Chanley, joined today by Ben Kelly. Uh, a sight for sore eyes this morning, Ben. Good to see you. Um, I, I say news, it's just... A load of injury news and non-injury news. Um, so we might as well get, get stuck straight into it. Uh, Virg van Dijk, obviously, Benny's suffered from a horrific challenge. He's gone into rehabilitation. Uh, he put a statement out, I think it was last night, um, to say that he'd been to the consultant and in the process of planning the final details of his rehab. It looks like he's going to be out for a lengthy period, potentially the whole season. Uh, it's just a massive blow, isn't it, Ben? Yeah, um, well, there's not much more I can add to things that hasn't already been said. It's it's really difficult this one, um, mainly because I think we've we've had this um, sort of vision, like sort of um, oh, what's the word? Like we've had this view of Virgil as almost this just this invincible figure this whole time because we've got two centre backs that are made of crisps and we always worry about them too. And then we we just we just kind of go on assuming that Virgil Van Dijk's untouchable and he's you know he's never going to have a problem and he's the mainstay in the team. You know he's played so much Premier League football over the last couple of years, and you just don't really consider the possibility that he's getting injured. It's something we've all feared all this time, but like obviously he's been just been so consistently fit, and now he's not, and he's going to be out for a long time. And the two centre backs that we've got, you know, if they can stay fit. You know, they're good defenders, um, but Virgil's just something else, isn't he? And I think it's going to be a real problem. Um, and for me, it, it kind of blows the title race wide open a little bit because, you know, when City lost Laporte last season, um, you know, we saw how much that affected them. Um, it's on to Liverpool now to, to, to maybe learn from that, maybe look at how City coped and, and, and adjust ourselves. Um, and hopefully, you know, we can make, make the best of a bad situation. Yeah, it's not just Virgil as well, is it? I think, you know, Alisson plays into this as well. You know, you lost your best defender, you lose the best goalkeeper, arguably, in the world. Certainly is for me. You can't expect the same levels, but that doesn't mean that you have to, you know, you didn't do it then, but I've seen people slating, you know, Gomez and Matip, you know, for, for what they are. But, you know, you can still credit Van Dijk and say he's really good. And like you said, then you can't maintain those same levels. Um, it's funny that you mentioned that because uh, there was a video doing the rounds this morning whilst we were recording the final word show, Ben, of Joe Matip at the Spy Hospital in Liverpool, uh, which was kind of reported, the thing that, that it was at the time, it was kind of happened this morning, uh, concerns over his fitness injuries, as you just said. James Pearce and Joe Matip went, uh, underwent a scan on Saturday after complaining of discomfort in a leg muscle after the derby. Nothing major, but will continue to be assessed ahead of the Ajax away in the Champions League on Wednesday night. And again, this is this is part of the problem. You know, you just said it then, you know, Van Dijk's never injured. And then, you know, Joe Matip's played one game, which he was very good, in my opinion. But the concern in the back of my mind is how long is he going to last for? You know, what's, what's the result? And it turns out that he still might, he might not be fit for Wednesday. Yeah, and I think I think ultimately the, this ends with Fabinho playing at centre back more often than we would have liked. Yeah. And look, that's the gamble that Klopp took in the summer. You know, we had this conversation all summer about do we buy another centre back? And the sort of the, obviously the consensus among us all was that 
well, we've got Fabinho, we can play there in an emergency. Now, we took that gamble and it's not really paid off because now we're going to have to play Fabinho there some weeks. Those two aren't going to be able to play week, twice a week, week in, week out. That's just not going to happen. So Fabinho is going to have to cover there. Now, given the performance against Chelsea, that I don't think that's the end of the world because I, I do think, you know, with his physique and, you know, the size of him, I, I think he's got the capability to, to be a good centre-back. But when you look at that midfield that we saw on Saturday in the derby, the Thiago, Fabinho and Henderson midfield that was so good for that 90 minutes, unfortunately now you're going to have to take one of them players and start putting them at the back. Now, the, the, obviously we've got players to cover in the midfield, but we, we probably won't see the best of that midfield three for a long while now because there's not, they're not going to be able to get a consistent spell of time together in the team because pretty much, I'd say, like maybe one every three games, you're going to have to be putting Fabinho at centre-back. Yeah, and either Joe Matip, Joe Gomez are going to have to step up, and then certainly, you know, as, as you're talking there, just maybe think of some of the youth players, you know, like of Williams, Cometio, yeah. it's a lot of pressure on them, but, you know, at some point, I think you're right, you know, they're going to have to be relied upon, and they're going to have to step up as well. Um, just moving on slightly then towards the, um, back to the Van Dyke stuff, um, there was rumours this morning that Pickford would, would escape a, a ban or punishment for his, his challenge on Virgil Van Dyke and Paul Joyce, along with many others, about half an hour ago, tweeted to say the FA say Jordan Pickford will, will face no retrospective action following the Everton versus Liverpool fixture on Saturday as the incident was seen by the match officials at the time. Now, I don't, I don't, I think the injuries are irrelevant partly because it's the challenge you know whether someone gets injured from it or not. You know is is it bad or bad? You know that, that can happen afterwards. But the fact that you know he's lunged two footed off off the ground. You know it's a stupid challenge. Now the reports shortly after the game on Saturday said that you know they completely missed it because they're looking at the looking at the offside challenge. Hours later, it then turned out I think the Athletic were told that they did look at it, but they didn't deem it was a red card. Now I don't think Pickford should be. You know, suspended for the amount of time that Virgil van Dijk's out, which I've seen some people say, which I think is, is is a bit stupid. But what are the rules in that sense? Of like, you know, we did a podcast on Tuesday, and I said the standard refereeing officials across the board. You know, this isn't just a local thing. We've seen it in in other games as we talk about probably on a weekly basis on the Run League. Ben, if there's no repercussions for the officials in that sense, now Virgil van Dijk's going to miss the rest of the season. If that tackle was anywhere else on the pitch or, you know, the incident was, was slightly different or had they just seen it, now they're saying that it was seen and they don't think it was a red card. I, I just don't understand how it isn't. I think I think that, I mean, the, the repercussions for officials are nowhere near the standard of what Virgil van Dijk's going to go through. But I think, I think there are repercussions for officials. I think they can be... Um, you know, demoted to the championship for a week or whatever, or they're given like you know a week off, you know, where they can't do it, or you know what I mean. I, I think there is punishments for it, but we just don't. It's not, it's not really our concern, I suppose. It doesn't really affect us as fans who's refereeing the game, really. You know what I mean? Like they're all equally rubbish, um, so it doesn't really matter. That, that's that's uh, an issue within itself, though, isn't it? Yeah, totally, and. We all thought that VAR was supposed to come in and 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 help these guys. Obviously, Charlie Austin's rant quite that's become quite famous from a couple of years ago, saying that you know the referees need help. Why can't they see these things? And that was a hundred percent true. And we brought in this technology, which for me, it, I I don't see a fault with the technology at all. I mean, all the. All of the technology is there. All the angles are there for these people to see. All of the, you know, the the different types of, you know, ways that you can look at an incident now. And for whatever reason, they're still missing things like this. I don't, I don't understand it. So, and there's no excuse now either with the training or anything. It's like we've had this for a year. 
You know what I mean? We've we've had two. They knew it was coming in before last season, so they've had two summers pretty much to be completely, you know, up to date with what's going on and how it all works. And yet they're still not really making it work. And I, I just don't understand. I don't really know what the solution is either. Because if people are just inept, then how do you fix that? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and what's the incentive? I said this last week. What's the incentive for someone who's, I don't know in the teens, you know, to go and be a referee because all you do is get abused and, you know, you get things wrong. There doesn't seem to be anyone kind of pioneering. It just seems to be, it seems to be dinosaurs in charge of it. Inept is probably the best word you can use. Then. I, I agree with that. Um, I'm from that Liverpool have asked the Premier League for an explanation of the use of VAR, Goodison Derby. They want clarification of why Pickford wasn't sent off and um, what part of Manny's body deems to be offside and the selection of freeze frames for that decision. I like... We're talking about it because it's Liverpool, and I don't want to get caught up. And I've said this loads on shows we've done this morning. Like I'm talking about it because it's happened to Liverpool. I'm not to saying it doesn't happen to everybody else, but you know the amount of situations that we've seen. You know, there's the uh, Sheffield. I think Sheffield United when the ball went, you know, was clearly over the line. It wasn't. You know, you could probably highlight a number of other situations where they're clearly wrong. And my my issue is that everyone you speak to, whether you know on social media on Saturday, there was current players, former players, pundits, rival fans, Everton fans who were all in agreement that, you know, either Pickford should have been sent off or Manny wasn't offside. And the only people that haven't seen this is the people, that, like you said, that are in charge of VAR. So Liverpool get an explanation. It still doesn't change the outcome, but he still highlights the issue and, and possibly you'd like to think prevents it from happening to other teams. Yeah, potentially. I mean, you know, I think at the moment, in my head, it's still, I, I don't care about that. I'm still disappointed about the mistake that's been made. Like, it's its really difficult to, to move on from it because, like, I watched that goal and I celebrated that goal like it was a goal because it was a goal. And then even, like, when the, so obviously the, the goal goes in and all the replays are shown and they go, oh, hold on, there's a VAR check. It took me and my dad one look at it to go, oh, this is fine. And we, yeah. you know, we're pretty convinced. And... And then the longer it goes on, the longer you go, and you're looking at it. Oh no, Daisy's all right. He's all. And then, and they wasn't. And I just don't understand how you come to that conclusion. How can you draw, just draw a random red line and go, oh, that's offside? You know, I just, I just don't, I just don't understand the logic or the thought process. So, I, like, as a fan, I would quite like to read an explanation about again just the thought process. What, what were the steps taken to come to that conclusion? Because it was all wrong. So, you know what I mean? So how have you got it that badly wrong, basically? Do you think if there is like an explanation, I'm not saying for every incident, for every every game, but you can develop a better relationship between fans and referees and players and referees or management or clubs and referees, whatever, because it seems to, part of the frustration is like, they go all quiet and like, this is the final answer and that's nothing. Like, you know, almost belittling fans and, and players, like they're somehow better. That's what it feels like. But they need yeah. to do that. And, and again, there's a level of respect, but I think they'd have more respect if we all understood their point of view or how they came to these conclusions? Yeah, there's probably a way to do it. I mean, you know, uh, people have said about interviewing referees and, you know, I, I think that's a good way of doing it, but I don't know it. I don't know necessarily if they're going to agree to that. Maybe the way forward is some kind of like official report published every week. You know, this is the, these, you know, more like a, more like a document that's released to the public and you can look at, okay, incident one, these are the steps we took and this is the conclusion that we came to, like some, I don't know, some kind of law report. I don't, you know, I don't know how these things work, but like, you know, something a bit more official for you to look at rather than just people like Dermot on Sky Sports going, yeah, that was wrong. That, I don't know how it came to that conclusion. It was just human error. Like I've seen in a video this morning. So like there needs to be more 
of a structured response to these kind of incidents for me. Mike them all that. up. Mike them all up. The what? Talk us through, they can mike them all up. Talk yeah, through, yeah. We, we can hear them talk, go through the process of what they're thinking and how they come to that conclusion. Um, lastly, yeah. Ben, um, Thiago and Alison, good news. Uh, we'll end on good news. Um, uh, updates. Uh, Thiago also had a scan on Saturday, but it's not too serious. I think he's still going to be assessed. I don't think he'll be right for Wednesday against Ajax, but maybe Sheffield United on Saturday. And Alison Becker is ahead of schedule. He could be ready for Manchester City. Um, I think he's, I saw a tweet this morning, he's on his, his second session of, um, what was it, diving and falling um, and showing no signs of that shoulder injury that he suffered. So at least, you know, there's some positive news um, to go on, isn't there? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Thiago was really good at the weekend, wasn't he? I was a little bit, you know, obviously that's that's two games now where he's looked good. was a little bit concerned that maybe the physicality of the Premier League might be a bit of an issue for something. You know, he's smaller than me, I think. So it's, you know, he's, he's, he's uh, yeah, similar. I mean, I'm 5'8", I think he's 5'7", five, 5'6". Five, so, um, but he, you know, he managed in that midfield with Alan, who's a bit of a bullish player, you know, and, and, and other players alongside him. You know, Corey as well. Well, Richarlison, the main, but you know, but I'm talking about the direct competition that he had in that midfield. He coped with that relatively well. That ball for the winning goal, um, you know, that he plays into Mane. You know, other players in our team don't see that pass, and that's that's the type that's the tear the type of passes he's signing for because he just unlocks that extra level of creativity. Um, and you know we've been crying out for a Coutinho replacement all this time, and it's been a you know going on thing. But this seems to be. He is cut sort of a Coutinho replacement, but obviously he plays deeper, so he is a different player. But this could be the solution to that problem. Um, you know, you know, creating chances from deep and things like that. So it's you know, if he stays fit, it's going to be very exciting to see how how it goes on uh, and how he how he influences our games from 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 this from this point onwards. If he doesn't end up playing centre half in three weeks' time, it'd be nice. Um, just on centre backs, Nipsey Russell says uh, Fabinho centre back for a bit. I quite liked him there. I don't think we've got a choice at this point, um, particularly for Wednesday. Um, Scott Davis says putting on a positive spin on this. Everyone who says we fall apart if we lose Van Dijk, let's prove them all wrong. That's fine. Like you know, I, I'd love to have that sen- sentiment, Ben. But you know, as I said before, you know, losing the best centre half in the world, you know, we can't all be concerned or just disappointed with it. Uh, OJ Irving says, keep calm, we're still Liverpool. Gomez and Matip are going to be mad thing watch on a mad thing watch. Yeah. Steven Somerville, uh, who would you all sign in January? Um, a centre-back. And, um, I, I, off the top of my head, I couldn't, couldn't name one, I guess. Yeah. But I signed somebody well, to play the centre-back position. There you go. A centre-back with two working legs. There you go. You had it here first. Yeah. Uh, on VAR, Yuvraj uh, Kapoor says, uh, the tech ain't the problem, it's the people behind the screen. We've been saying this for weeks, haven't we, Ben? We'll have a moan about it on the Around League podcast, which we'll record this afternoon. Um, speaking of publishing and reading things, uh, me and Paul have written another book. Um, you can buy it now. We have limited copies, and I've all smoothed that. <laughs> limited copies uh, of the special edition, which you get signed, a personal message, and you get some stickers with it. Uh, Simon has made a little video to show you. Uh, we'll be back on Friday with some more news. Enjoy the game on Wednesday. Thank you much to Ben, and thank you to Tom. We'll see you soon. ta